Josh Holiday, and you're listening to the Fresh Coast Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm speaking with David Krupps, a producer and storyteller in Petoskey, Michigan. On this podcast, I speak with David about his career creating stories that are captivating through videography and his latest project telling the story of Michigan, an American portrait. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of the Cultural Advocacy Network of Michigan, the Michigan Arts and Culture Council, and the National Endowment for the Arts. We are bringing you the latest stories and headlines on arts and culture here in the Fresh Coast State, our beautiful home in Michigan. Let's dive right in. David, thank you so much for joining me today on the Fresh Coast Podcast. It's nice to be uh, be with you, Josh. Thank you for having me. Well, David, you know, you've been working on this really cool and impressive project. You're a producer that's located right here in Petoskey that is has a pretty impressive uh, resume of projects that you've worked on, but I don't think it is a new hobby or job or profession for you. It's something you've been working on for a long time. How did you get into this work? Um, and what exactly does it look like in your day-to-day as a, as a producer and uh, working to get projects like this to life? A very good question. Very long answer that I will uh, edit uh, as in uh, having worked in this business for a long time. Editing is key. I've been in broadcasting since I was 17. I had my first radio show in Lima, Ohio, where I grew up uh, with my best friend, Sean Portman. Uh, We had no clue what we were doing. Uh, yet we were going out and and meeting uh, local individuals that we thought were of interest. And that's how it started. I was in radio for many years. Then in 1987, I was in New York City and had a transformational experience at 29th and 5th Avenue. Viewers are going, hmm, 29th and 5th Avenue. I have no idea where that is. Well, it was Marble Collegiate Church, and I went to hear the uh, most famous minister in America at that time, Norman Vincent Peale. He was 89 years old. He had been retired. He came back to the pulpit one time in October of 1987. I happened to have been in New York City looking to line up funding to buy radio stations nationwide. I went to the uh, the service and his sermon, and it transformed my life. When I wa- walked out of Marble, Josh, I thought to myself, I wonder if his life story has ever been told on television. Well, it had not, uh, what little research I could find. And so thus began my shift from radio back into television. I'd worked television news off and on, uh, but not at that time back into television specific to that was television production and one of the very first films i did do my company produced and i was chicago based at the time was his life story and it aired on pbs nationwide so that was really my my on ramp into the world of television production and i've been there consistently really since 1990 i love hearing about how you went to this experience with a radio uh, objective <laughs> and you walked out with a, a tv deliverable so that's... Yeah, doesn't, doesn't that happen every day i mean isn't that a common occurrence oh my gosh it, yeah. that doesn't tell you about uh the creativity and nimbleness of this uh this industry and sector of our economy uh i don't know what does that's wonderful and i love that you just adjusted but 
you clearly recognized at that point in your life and have for your whole life, the importance of storytelling. And as our podcast mm -hmm. and this website is so intentional about telling critical stories of people that are doing this work, making change in our communities, exposing these stories, talk, talk to us and, and our listeners about what it means for people to be able to experience these stories in such an artistic way and why that's important. Well, you hit on really the key, uh, particularly as it relates to television, but also podcasting as well, which has exploded, as you know. And I, too, have a podcast series. Um, storytelling is really important. However, uh, the caveat to my transformation uh, at that period in my life was the fact that I had to find a producer-director. I as a former uh, television news reporter, easily could do a two-minute story. 60 minutes? Oh, my gosh. Totally different. I needed to find a producer-director. And in a very serendipitous way, I won't get into the story, but in a very serendipitous way, living in Chicago, I found a producer who happened to have been 50 miles north of Chicago in Milwaukee by the name of Chip Duncan. And he was a uh, founder of the Duncan Group, DuncanEntertainment.com. And uh, Chip, uh, I, I met with him. And within five minutes, I knew I could work with this man. And he too, his company was relatively young at that time. And we have now been working together for 33 years. What I love most, because Chip handles the creative, I handle the more uh, development side, which is critical, raising the money, is he is one heck of a storyteller. He can write a story, but the key is you have to have a subject matter that viewers are interested in. And that I think we've been very, very lucky, particularly me in the subject matters through my career that I have selected that viewers have found of interest, but the storytelling is, is critical. And what inspires you when you're seeking out these stories? You know, from mm. a producer perspective, you're probably constantly looking at what stories are critical to be told. And also, what do you know you can raise the funds to be able to make that project a reality, right? And so what inspires you and what inspires this process for you to then bring works like Michigan American Portrait to life? Right, Josh. You know, it's interesting it's <laughs> it's not a science. Um, it's intuition. I uh, am the worst television viewer in America. Um, what do they always say? The worst dressed person in town generally is the tailor. <laughs> I really don't watch, but I do a massive amount of reading. Uh, it used to be just newspapers and and magazine periodicals. Now it's across the internet. So in order to get a production done, I have to know, because I'm not for hire. In other words, you're not hiring me to produce your show or your idea. Um, these are all original. Is that I'm pursuing things of interest to me. And I don't have this grand, grandiose idea that, well, I know exactly where the heartbeat of America is. No. But what I do have is, I think, uh, an intuition of, Hmm. For instance, Norman Vincent Peale. Okay. He was the, I mean, that was a given. He was the most famous minister along with Billy Graham in the last half of the 20th century. But 
what he told me and what made this show so interesting and started my career, he made a comment to me, Josh, uh, when I first met with him. He said, you know, and he was 90, it was almost 90 years old at this time in 1991, 92. He said, you know, I've met or known every president of the 20th century. Wow. Well, I took him up on that. And lo and behold, he was right. And we ended up having, I ended up having five U.S. presidents in that film. Well, when you publicize a one-hour documentary that has five, let alone one, you're going to gain interest from viewers. And so that really began that process. And so from that, I've dealt in uh, subject matter that um, you usually don't talk about at a cocktail party, religion and politics, um, particularly now. So those shows have been quite popular and they're not just on PBS. They've aired on A&E. I've had films that have aired on Discovery. But it's it's of interest. And generally, uh, to, to sum up your question with an answer, I generally look for individuals, if it's a subject matter that it is an inv individual or a subject matter in general that has not been covered before in television. I'll give you a real quick example. I, uh, Chip Duncan and I produced a film on Alaska's bald eagle. It's called New Threats to Survival. It aired uh, several years on Discovery. And this was a phenomenon in Southeast Alaska, where there are 4,000 eagles that come in and congregate at this time of the year. And we went up and filmed it. And it had, it had been covered in Nat Geo, National Geographic, but never on television. So those are the ideas that it's like, hmm, this is in intriguing. I think that viewers will be interested in this. And oh, by the way, it's not been done on TV. I think what's also so special about this conversation is that you have so much experience all around the country and you have produced these really impressive projects. You know, interviewing five presidents alone is a very uh, incredible <laughs> thing to to hang your hat on. Um, but you live here and your company is based out of here in Petoskey. Yeah. What is it like owning a creative enterprise um, here in Michigan and, and getting your work done um, and at such a level, um, how how has that been being here in Michigan and how long have you been in Michigan? Two-pronged answer very quickly. One, I was in Chicago. My company was Chicago-based for many years. We moved here in 2001, right after 9-11. And uh, I pledged to my wife that Teresa, uh, who I've been happily married to for 33 years, I was work, work, work. And then on my off time, I was work, work, work. I said, I will change that that uh, paradigm and, and we will experience outdoors activities. And that's the primary reason why we moved here. Second, I was worried, not being in a major market, about funding. Um, ironically enough, uh, I have... Uh, secured more funding since living in Petoskey than I ever did in Chicago. And the irony of irony is uh, Chip Duncan and I did a PBS film, a miniseries called The Reagan Presidency on obviously Ronald Reagan. It's only on his eight years. It's on, you can uh, stream it. Um, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Well, anyway, my biggest funder is Boeing, the aircraft manufacturer. Well, they're located in Chicago. I'm visiting them now, no longer from Chicago, but from Petoskey. 
That's great. And I, you know, I think it's just a testament to the viability for artists, creatives, and people that work mm. in this industry that they they can survive and make their livings here in Michigan. And that we do have a lot of those natural wonders that make people want to call this place home. So I think that's really special. So thank you for sharing that. But I want to make sure that we have a chance to talk about this particular project that you've been yes, working on that tells the story of Michigan. And how did this project all come about? And what can people expect um, when seeing and experiencing the story themselves? Well, first and foremost, I'm grateful that PBS is still a viable entity. Uh, It's a legacy uh, broadcaster, but it's also a very powerful broadcaster. And they have been a great, great asset to uh, our films in my career. They've aired virtually everything that we have, Chip and I have produced. So our uh, initial DNA uh, is in travel related uh, uh, documentaries. Chip uh, had, when I met him, uh, okay, in the serendipitous way, he had already produced two or three films for Discovery Networks. And it was Switzerland and Sweden. Um, he had done travel related documentaries. I came on board and and very quickly, he and I came together on a film on the country Greece that also aired nationwide on Discovery. That was ultimately my very first broad national broadcast. However, he has also produced uh, a, a travel documentary on Iowa, on Wisconsin, and also North Carolina. uh, Nine years ago, when we had our national premiere for the Reagan miniseries, it took place here in Petoskey at Crooked Tree Arts Center. The very next day, Chip's driving back to Milwaukee. He's Even though he grew up in Michigan, he lives his companies in Milwaukee, as I'd mentioned. He calls me. It was a crisp January morning, not a cloud in the sky, beautiful. Calls me, and he goes, you know, I'm driving on Highway 2. He goes, this is the most spectacular highway in America nobody knows about. He said, we need to get serious about doing a film on Michigan. That was the genesis. I got a a foundational grant from the Michigan Humanities Council. I was able then to get into a written proposal. And from there, that began this process that's culminating in 2022 and then in 2023 for a film on the state of Michigan. And and it's it's very exciting. It is a beautiful, beautiful film. And you've been here now for over 20 years. So many yeah. of the natural beauty that people probably are going to be able to experience and see in the film, um, you're familiar with firsthand. Mm-hmm. But what is maybe something that you learned um, through the research? Because there's so much historical facts and stuff that are in this film, correct? Like what yes. is something that maybe that you learned about your own home that you weren't expecting that you might learn about? throughout the the process? Well, you know, this is not a surprise. Um, We were surrounded by water. Um, But what really surprised me was the significance of water in the history, not only of this state, but of this country. And Michigan plays an integral role into that. And it's called, you know, Michigan for obviously an American portrait. It's not Michigan, a state portrait. It's an American portrait. And I think that to me was uh, most surprising. It begins with obviously our indigenous, the Native Americans. Uh, That's how this film begins. And then it gets into the fur trade. Then it gets into the lumbering. And then it gets into iron ore. And then it gets into automotive. 
all of that is based on the fact that we are surrounded by this these spectacular inland seas and so to me that was um not not a big surprise but what surprised me was to the degree that that went in in connection to the history of this country and for people that are going to watch this why do you think this film in michigan story is going to be interesting to folks all around the country and maybe even all around the globe why is why is the story of michigan interesting to them um and do you think that this this film will appeal to them uh let me say one word stop in the name of love motown <laughs> uh automotive okay uh spectacular sceneries you know we start the film uh chip duncan filming at bond falls which is in the up it was 16 below zero. The blizzard had just passed through. It's now very quiet, but it's cold. That begins this film. We cover all four seasons. And I think that um, Michigan, as you know, nationally has had such a rough, rough PR problem. Thanks to uh, Pure Michigan, which, which has helped uh, part of that, reversing that. But this film will go a long, long way in in uh perceptions and changing of perceptions and you know uh it's interesting josh when, when the, uh we were in production um we were not looking at this as being a show that would just a documentary that would just air in the state of michigan i have always felt that it would have that national appeal and then obviously the further we get into it my whole previous conversation i was just talking about so american public television we've had a long relationship with them they are the premier distributor of content to the PBS system. I think they supply 30, 35% of all the top 100 uh, films released each year on PBS. They have picked this up for national distribution. So this will air well beyond the borders of Michigan. And I think that's a real testament to the, the uh, importance of the history. And then finally, truthfully, when a viewer in Michigan watches this film at the conclusion I think that person, he or she, is going to feel a tremendous sense of pride. And I'm glad you brought up the, um, the the national syndication. I know there's also some partnerships that you guys have with this film that's going to bring it and make it available for people uh, for students grades three through twelve. And why is that important? So that way, youth can see this film can understand Michigan, but also maybe be inspired by the creative process and the creative storytelling of this film. What is that going to mean to these uh, great students and having it readily available um, and accessible right. for free? Well, the creative process, I like that you you have included that uh, through the Americana Foundation, which is a, a very uh, wonderful foundation here based in Michigan. They provided funding that we will be able to produce the educational content. And we're in the early stages of that. You know, it's interesting when my uh, wife and I saw the early drafts of the of the offline edit, as we call it, uh, this summer, when it was the first time we watched it, it was concluded. Teresa turns to me and she goes, this is a civics lesson. And it is. And so there will be availability through the Michigan Learning Channel, which distributes uh, PBS content to all of the uh, schools, uh, private and parochial and, and public in the state. Uh, there will be pods. We will create a curriculum around it for that. And initially, interesting, uh, I I was under the impression that third uh, in third grade is when you begin Michigan history. Well, it is. But now we're moving into social studies, 
uh, middle and high school, and we're looking at uh, history in uh, middle school and high school as well. So it's really third grade through 12th. And that, uh, to me, is uh, is one of the most exciting things because it, this will have legs. This will be in a curriculum in a classroom literally for years to come. And David, it sounds like for your career and your trajectory, you have just hustled and worked, 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 as you mentioned, um, and <laughs> tried to position yourself in the places and maybe had that sense of like bold ambition to have mm. the conversation and pursue projects. What would you say to these young people that maybe are going to watch this film through this grant or maybe hear this podcast or maybe they see it on PBS and they're going to be interested about how can I create stories like that someday? Um, what right. would you what would you say to them? Right. What would be your piece of advice for a, for a young person like that? Well, let me tell you the piece of advice that Norman Vincent Peale gave to me when I was meeting with him. He said, the key to success is finding a need and filling it. I found a need and I didn't realize it at the time I was filling it. I will also borrow from Norman Vincent Peale, his favorite saying, what the mind can conceive, the mind can achieve. Go for it. Don't put barriers up. I I had so many barriers of, you can't do this. No, it won't air. You know, they won't. It will never air nationwide, particularly religious content on PBS. Well, uh, the most successful film to date that I have done is on C.S. Lewis. Mere Christianity, The Chronicles of Narnia, it aired for 10 years on PBS. So it's, it's if, if, if you believe and you've and, and when I get calls from aspiring filmmakers, I ask them two questions. One, do you believe deeply in this project? And they'll say yes. And I go, five years from now, if you're still pushing that ball up the hill, do you still believe? Because that's the key. That last 1% of your production cost is the key in getting it done. I saw so many films that began production, Josh, that never got completed. So, you know, pushing that ball up the hill, but if you have passion for it, that's key. The second is don't be afraid to ask for money. Just don't be afraid. And I, I generally uh, see, particularly with creative people, that that's a real big challenge because they don't want to deal with it. Their, their, their mind is focused elsewhere, their brain, the way it's wired. Well, Chip Duncan is the best, most creative uh, producer I've ever come across. And I've worked with other producers. He's also one of the most prolific fundraisers raisers I've met. Why? Because they're passion projects. They're passion projects. That's the key. Find a need, fill it. That's really inspiring, David. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I really just appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today on the podcast. And if people are wanting to find more information about Michigan and American Portrait or see it um, air sometime, mm -hmm. um, where can they find more information about it? The best way, uh, because we're working with PBS affiliates right now, state in the state, it, it will uh, be released nationwide in March of 2023, but it's going to air in the state of Michigan yet this year and into early next year. Go to my website, krauseentertainment.com. That's C-R-O-U-S-E entertainment.com. That's the best way. I'll, I'll do posting, not a lot. You've got to periodically check back. But what I will do is list the uh, PBS affiliates here in the state of Michigan when they will be airing, uh, when they'll when they'll uh, premiere the film on their 
uh, their uh, stations. Thank you so much, David. Thank you, Josh.